you could be in the process of writing a book. That to me is actually the perfect time to consider the prospect of having a course because you can sort of tailor a lot of your writing and gear it towards a call to action or whatever to get them onto a course. And so I think that's honestly the best time to start thinking about that. But even if you've, let's say, just launched a book or your book was launched six months ago, a year ago, if that content is still relevant and you still have an audience that wants that next step with you, it's still a good time. Welcome to School for Writers, where we help you ditch that starving, tortured artist cliche and thrive. No more struggling over whether your story is good enough or wondering if your voice deserves to be heard. It's time to step into the power of telling your story to the world. I'm your host, Lauren Marie Fleming, and I am a book-obsessed, queer, fat, witchy, divinely loud woman. And I know what it's like to have society tell you to sit down and shut up. But I'm here to tell you that you've been silenced for far too long. School for Writers was created to help you push through doubt and fear so you can stop procrastinating and start writing. Because the world needs your story now more than ever. Welcome to School for Writers. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the School for Writers podcast. I'm excited to be here today because we're talking about something I love, and that is how do we create a world around our writing? How do we build a business and make money and get resourced and ditch that starving artist cliche as writers? And one of the best ways to do that is through an online course, is through turning your book into a course. Parshel and I today are talking about how you can do that and how she can help you do that if you want to hire somebody to do it. And But we're also talking a lot about what it means to be an entrepreneur, what it means to think about the path that your readers are taking and learning from you. Now, you might shut this off thinking, well, I write fiction and poetry, this isn't for me. But actually, I've seen some really successful courses around fiction and poetry books as well. So this isn't just for those of you that are doing prescriptive nonfiction, teaching people how to do X, Y, or Z in a certain order. You can build courses around any book. But before you build a course around a book, you need to write your friggin' book already. So if you haven't written your book yet, go to writeyourfrigginbookalready.com. It's in our show notes and get on our wait list. We are opening up again in February. And I know that that seems far away, but it will come so quickly. And we sell out every time we open our doors. So if you get on that wait list, you'll be the first to hear about when we open our doors. It will also allow you to get me some little super extra, super early word access, which can get you some discounts. So get on that wait list. So go to writeyourfrigginbookalready.com and get on our wait list so you can write your book and then turn it into a course and make some money as a writer. Now, if you are struggling to even before that, if you can't even think about writing a book, if you are just sitting here thinking, how can I even start writing at all? I haven't even written in a while. I'm so tired and exhausted and bored. I feel you. We have our Write More Challenge for you. In 10 minutes a day, for just 10 days, we're going to help you jumpstart your writing routine. Now, that used to be a $100 course, but I just turned it down to $10. So it's 10 minutes a day for 10 days for $10. You can absolutely do that. Head to writemorechallenge.com and jumpstart your writing routine. Okay, so before we get to the episode, I want to tell you a little bit about Parshel. Parshel Tashi is a former high school math teacher turned creative entrepreneur and award-winning video producer. 
With 10 plus years production experience with well-known brands and teams, she sought out for her expertise in video production, online education, and business growth. Parshel currently resides in San Diego, which is a great coincidence. I'm so excited to become her friend. We both live here in San Diego. And she's serving as co-founder and education design architect at 36,000 Feet, a course creation agency that specializes in converting best-selling books into profitable online courses. Now, whether you have a book already, whether you're working on a book, or whether it's just still an idea in your head, this is a great conversation to help you start to think about the ways that you can build a world around your book, allowing your readers to learn more from you, to be a part of a community, and to support you in different ways and be supported in different ways by you. It's a great conversation. I'm so excited to share it with you. So enjoy this talk with Parshel Tashi. Welcome, Parshel. I'm really excited to talk with you today because you do something that I'm super passionate about. You help people take books and turn them into courses. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I just did your formal intro, but why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do in this world? Awesome. Well, I'm Parshel. I'm a creative entrepreneur. I'm you know, a daughter, a friend, a learner, an educator, someone who's just passionate about life, uh, truth, and living from within. Mm. And I think that through my work and what I get to do, I help others to explore that and really to express what they know and to teach what they know. And uh, my favorite sweet spot of that, like you mentioned, is working with authors. So yeah, that's me. Oh, I love so much of that. Yeah, that's a great intro. Great intro. So I'm going to ask you the first question we ask everybody on this podcast, and that's why writing? And if you specifically would like to be why authors, why people who write, why this world of books? Absolutely. When I think about writing and because honestly, I was never one that really enjoyed books growing up. Uh, If I did, it was more in the nonfiction space, just wanting to learn something. And I really believe that writing in a way is something that you create that lasts forever even when you're gone right just creating that that legacy so that where your words always live on i mean that's how our world is functioning right now is off of the words of people who are long gone and i think it's just a powerful way to live and to live beyond you know your your physical time here Uh, one of my favorite authors was miles monroe and his work still rings true and it still sticks with me to this day, even though he's gone. And uh, a lot of what he did helped to shape like governments and helped to shape uh, leaders of our world and just things like that fascinate me. And so I think that when we're able to be here in the time that we're here, but also leave something behind, I think it really, it really says something. It means something uh, again, just to continue to be better people. Mm, That's so great. I love that you brought up a legacy because I think so many people come into my programs and come into my world and into my sphere wanting to leave a legacy. And I love that you take people to the next level in that legacy. Like, okay, you got a book, but what else are you doing? How else are you creating a world around the book? And I talk a lot in this, on this podcast and in my programs about your book isn't just it's not just its own little thing, right? You create a world around it. A world exists around it, whether you want to or not. Think about how Harry Potter has become bigger than Harry Potter. Think about (laughs) how some of these nonfiction books that you read have become movements. You were just talking about how governments were created off of people's work. So I'd love to know how you got 
started doing this concept of turning books into courses online. Wow. So that goes back to my years as an educator. So I used to be a high school math teacher and uh, went that route. I was on the path to, you know, go to go to school, get a job. And that's what I did. My mom was a math teacher for like longer than I've been alive. <laughs> so that was just the path that I was on. And I, I ended up quitting teaching to pursue a new brand new career in video production. And that was after someone had you know, asked me and inquired about my services, at which at that time I was just off, you know, just doing it for free for the community. And I had no concept of entrepreneurship. And so uh, anyway, fast forward, I, I quit teaching. I was able to start my business as a solo freelance videographer. So I called myself like a one woman show, uh, lugging all the equipment, going from place to place and just grinding. Uh, and eventually grew that to multiple locations of operations, a client roster that still like just blows me away and things that we've been able to do. And the business I felt hit, hit a peak and I hit a wall of not really feeling fulfilled in what I was doing anymore. And during that time, I did a lot of self-reflection and an opportunity came to help an author create a course from her book. And I had never felt more alive, honestly, to be back on set. Um, but it wasn't because, because I mean, in the video production space, you create for a lot of different industries and, you know, you do a lot of uh, corporate work, so to speak, and, or you can, if that's your, that's the route that you picked, that was mine, but you, you end up just in, in a routine and you're a creative order, order taker. But this particular shoot that we were on, I felt so alive because I knew, and I felt so confident that what we were producing was going to make a difference because it was impacting us on the set. And her subject matter was trauma resolution um, and just sort of re reblooming. That was the, the name of the, the book and the course. And it really blew me away. And to be a part of something that was so meaningful uh, just kind of lit that fire under me that I've been looking for. And so using my expertise in video production, as well as my background in education, this was such a great fit. And something that I was really excited to, to jump into. And so, and it's funny because I thought that my master's that I have in uh, curriculum and in instruction, I thought it was a complete waste of time. <laughs> I was like, well, so much for that, you know, spent all that money and never used it, right? But uh, I love how things come full circle and I'm able to pull on so many experiences that really represent like sh sort of the fullness and the best of how I show up. Oh, I just love when stories come together. Like know, a teacher. Right? And then you're actually, I would, I am shocked at how many people come on this podcast and they started their careers as teachers. I think there's something beautiful in that. Maybe yeah. I'm attracted to teachers. I don't know, but educators, there's, there's something beautiful in being a part of educating people, of helping people get the knowledge that they need, especially as you go back to thinking about how you used to only like to read nonfiction. You wanted to get education and now you get it as you're working with clients, as you're making money, this yes. is amazing. <laughs> yes. I love it. Cause I get to learn, I get to share and be a part of also in a creative sense. Like that's the piece for me that I love that comes together in this. Yes. There's the, you know, uh, the organized side of taking information and structuring in a way that you can be confident that the student is going to learn. And then to take that and say, okay, how can we creatively piece this together, right? The visual elements, the graphics, the, all the other things that excite the user and you know, create that experience for them that uh, helps them to learn. So that's, it's such a fun space and I'm really, really excited. Like, I don't know, I'm just grateful that sort of the stars aligned in my story for me to be doing this. 
I love that. That's what happens when you follow your passion, people listen along. That's what happens when you follow your passion. (laughs) So I am constantly telling everybody that building a course around their book is a great idea, but they quit listening to me at some points because they know that I, (laughs) that I, that I'm partial because I have courses. I teach courses. I love teaching courses. I am a writer first and foremost, but I love coaching and writing and helping other people learn to write. So they know that I love them, but I want to know why, why would you want to build a course around your book? Why would that even matter? to you as a person, to that legacy you want to leave, and to you as a writer? The first thing that comes to mind is that usually uh, books, you know, you read them, you get the information, you get the knowledge, and for some readers, they'll take action on those things. For some, and for most, uh, they need to get into action and be motivated to do that. And if your book is, uh, is, is tailored to something that is relevant for people that want to learn that subject matter more deeply, it's just an opportunity. And you have the foundation of the book itself to build off of, you know, as a complement to the book through a course. And you mentioned before too, that just having a book isn't enough. We have to almost sort of build an ecosystem around it. And that allows your work to go further, right? And you have just more to offer for people, um, for them to see and to know that they can do it, right? That's the ultimate goal of teaching is to share your information, your knowledge with someone. So that way, they're confident enough to make their own decisions, right? As if they are you in whatever way. And so some people just need that accountability. They need to be in action. And, you know, there's a friend of mine, uh, Kirk Berry, he has a book called 90 90 Minutes in 90 Days. And he says, if you do something 90 days straight, 90 minutes, you know, you're going to have guaranteed success. And whatever it is, you're going to progress in whatever area. And so just having that as an offer for your readers, it just does so much. Yeah. I mean, even that, I would take that course. I would buy that book. I would take that course. Okay. 90 days of accountability, 90 days right. of like in the book, I, I would read the book or listen to it while like I'd listen to a lot of nonfiction on podcast. I mean, not audiobook while walking or I would listen to it. But if I was in the course and I had the reminders, I, as a student, I, as a reader would get more. And I, as a writer, y'all, I'm just going to say when people are like, how do you make money as a writer? You can sell your book for 20 bucks or you can sell a course for 200 to 20 grand. Like my courses are thousands of dollars. Some of them that is, if I wrote that as an ebook or as a book, I would get 10 to 20 bucks. And so courses give more to your student and also fill your buckets more as as a course creator. Absolutely. Even with that, those numbers, if 20% of your readers decide to jump into the course and your course is at a multiple of the, of the price of the book, you know, you'll, you'll essentially double uh, your revenue in that respect. So yeah, it is hugely financially rewarding as well. (laughs) I should have said that first and foremost, but yeah, absolutely. Becoming a teacher is one of the ways to be an artist, to pay your bills as an artist. So I love that we're having this chat about it. Tell me a little bit about the process. So do, do people need to, I mean, we're going to talk in general, obviously you're, you have an awesome service and if people are like me, not always the most tech savvy and need support around it, hire somebody, but let's talk even more general. Let's talk about when you would even start to think about a course. Do you have to have a book? Do you do the course to the book? Do you do the book to the course? Like when, when would you even start as a writer thinking about a book to a course. And I, I have to say, there's probably people who are listening that are fiction and they're like, this isn't for me, but I have 
built help build courses around fiction novels too. So you can, there's so many different ideas you can have. So if you're, if you're shutting off, cause you're like, I write fiction or I write poetry, mm-hmm. keep listening. So first and foremost, it's for every genre, but how do you, where do you start in the process? I love that because there is a lot of flexibility uh, depending on where you are. You could be, you could be in the process of writing a book. That to me is actually the perfect time to consider the prospect of having a course because you can sort of tailor a lot of your writing and gear it towards a call to action or whatever to get them onto a course. And so I think that's honestly the best time to start thinking about that. But even if you've, let's say, just launched a book or your book was launched six months ago, a year ago, if that content is still relevant and you still have an audience that wants that next step with you, it's still a good time. But again, when you, when you're just in the process of writing a book, it's the best time because you, that's where your focus and attention is. And a lot of authors and experts that we work with, their biggest concern is, is time. And what I've been sharing with them is that really a fraction of the time that it took you to write your book, you could have a course, right? Yeah. So it's, 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 there's so much, so much that's there. Yeah. I think that the time is a thing, right? But we assume that we are going to start from the beginning, but actually we have most of the content because you just wrote a book. And I love that you brought up doing it parallel because what I'm thinking I tell people is as you're writing a book, sending out bits and pieces, your favorite parts, little tidbits, that can be your mailing list. Go back and listen to our episode on mailing list. We have one on the podcast. That can be your social media posts. Go listen to our social media episode with Kia Young. Like these can be things you use. So I love that you're building the course while building the book. So you maximize your time and it doesn't take much more effort or time. Absolutely. And, 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 and a lot of my clients also, they, they're not sure where to actually get started. And like you just mentioned, you have really a, the bulk of your content already there. This is why I also like working with authors because we don't necessarily have to pull, but so much it's, we have such an excellent starting place. And if it's been selling well, holy cow, like your course will sell just as well. And it's, it's a beautiful thing, depending on where you are in that stage, that you can get that immediate feedback from your audience, mm, Yeah. right? You just mentioned social media and really understand what is it that they need and what would be most relevant to them uh, before you even start to, to build out the course. So there's a lot that you can do. And I think it's, it's, again, valuable and powerful to do it in parallel. Yeah, I think about my Write Your Friggin' Book Already course. I want to turn Write Your Friggin' Book Already into a book someday, but I'm Mm. so glad I didn't. I'm so glad I started creating the course first because by going through, we're in our third round of it as a group. I did it individually for a while. I'm learning each time and that becomes more and more material, but I've done it the other way around too. I've written a book and created a course. And I think they just they just help each other out so much because you are getting that information, that feedback from other people. So I love that, that you brought that up. What is the first step that if somebody wanted to turn their course into, or their book into a course or their course into a book, what's the first step? I guess probably the book into a course because of course into a book is, you know, call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the first step, I think, is uh, in, in our process is to really start out with identifying the plan hmm. and knowing what we're really looking at. So there's a lot of details that go into that of understanding what type of course is relevant, who is the student, how is this going to be structured, what is the length, and, and really that outline as well. So there's a lot of components just in the planning that I think have to be done first. And, and that's where you start. 
you start with, uh, with getting your information out there and beginning that outlining process. So you mentioned type of course, what types are there? So there's different, and courses, it's like changing over, over time for sure, like what a course is. Because I used to think a course was just a, a video series that you watch and then you're done and then that's it. But courses also include things like a community. There are also different types of courses in the terms of like workshops. There's challenges, there's memberships. These are the type of ways that courses end up, you know, becoming in a sense. And so if you know that from the start, you can really, uh, again, have the right components in there from your work that's gonna support the learners. So there are different types of courses and I think it's good as well to know well, what am I looking at here? And that'll help to determine pricing and help to determine all the components that are necessary to actually build that out. Yeah, oh, that's so good. And all of that feels really overwhelming. So yes. that's why I would hire someone like you, because even <laughs> though I've been doing online courses for over a decade now, it's still all the things you just mentioned as a starter, like starting a new course that can be really overwhelming. So I love that you, what kind of support do you all have for your writers that help you through that? So the, the very first step if someone's interested in actually working with us is to join me for a one-to-one -one workshop that we do. It's a course planning workshop. And that's a three hour deep dive into your book, into all the things that we just discussed to get your plan really solidified. Uh, but you walk away knowing what is my big idea? What's the exact type of course that I'm gonna create? What type of project scope am I looking at? Right, I'm bringing production terms into play because production is part of this process. And as well, looking at how, what's the time commitment that's involved as well. So all those things, as far as I'm concerned, for most of us who have some technical ability, that's 80% of the process, right? If you know exactly what to produce and you know, you know with confidence that how it's already structured, you just need to execute and get it produced, you're so much further ahead. So that's our first step that we take with them is to really lay out the details of their plan. And from there, we have some options, right? You can either take what we built together, go and completely do the rest on your own, Right. You can also join a program that we have that allows you to have the accountability towards that end result of having your course complete. Or my favorite is that <laughs> we come in, we do everything for you. It's sort of a red carpet uh, treatment to where you literally just show up and teach. You show up and teach with my team. You show up and teach on camera or whatever we however we structure that, and the rest is is pretty much taken care of from there. So. That's typically how we work, but everything starts with that plan altogether, no matter which direction you go to, to get the, the course actually produced and fully up and running, uh, you got to have a strong plan. I love that because I think that the reality is a lot of people are starting out, so they're not able to have the full service red carpet experience. Yeah. And so they could get that plan and they could keep going and go with it and roll with it and do their own. And I also love that you offer that red carpet experience for people who maybe are like, listen, I have been, I am working my ass off at nine to five and I got the side hustle. I, I don't have time to learn, you know, iMovie. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just have y'all do it for me. So I love that. And I think that think about that when you're writing your, waking your courses in general, people like different access points for different people, depending on the time they have, the money they have the resources they have, um, the energy they have. So I love that you have those three different options for people. What does making a course even look like? For those of you who've never even been in an online course, which I know are some of the people, what does it even look like when you're trying to create a course online? Like, do people even pay attention? I mean, I'm, I know these answers because I create courses <laughs> online and I, and I take courses online and I love them. But I'm thinking about the people who are listening who 
online courses is new for them. And they're worried that they're not going to actually one, be able to teach that way. And two, that their students aren't going to actually stay engaged. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that when it comes to creating a course, the very first thing, and this when I put my teacher hat back on here, is that the, the student comes first and you're building a course for a student. You're not necessarily building it for yourself, right? And I think that's the first place to start when considering this process. Um, the rest in terms of what it actually looks like is, I just see it in phases, right? That first phase of extracting what you know, which if you have a book, you know, part of that work is done. and then it's a matter of structuring it, make sure there's a good structure and aligning the pieces that need to be in place for your student to be successful, right? And I, I like to uh, actually look at like in a dream world, right? What is it that the student absolutely needs to know and to have? Not everything, right? You don't wanna put stuff too much in there, but enough that the learner needs to get to the next step and to clearly identify what that next step is. And the, you know, and, and from there, and again, I like to think it in phases, and especially when you get to actually creating it, there's video production that goes into it, there's graphic designs, if you have other resources and elements, there's a lot of building that you're putting together, but you're you're putting together the best program, the things that you maybe you wish you had, right? When we look at online learning, what is it that you wish you had uh, to really feel successful and truly supported in a learning experience? And to me, that's all the components that come into together with that. And again, the plan, uh, of course, producing it and then promoting it as well. And so what are some of your tips for keeping students engaged on an online course, especially at like something evergreen or something that they're not having, maybe they have a community, but they're not having direct accountability. And every single time there's, you know, a teacher grading you for a degree. I think about so many of these courses. Like, yeah, when I was in law school, I did my work because I needed to graduate. But when yeah. I take a legal extension class, I, you know, who knows if I need to even pay attention. So how do we, how do we incentivize people and how do we encourage people to keep paying attention? Yeah, that's such a good, good question because the thing that not that's not really talked about as often in the online course course space is completion rates of the mm -hmm. course and refunds. Okay, so I think that there's a lot to consider when you're what with, with what you're saying. How do we keep the students involved? How do we keep them excited about what they're learning? And to me, again, making sure that your plan and your approach from the beginning is solid is really important. Again, having the student in mind and. There are a lot of tools and other things that you can do within your course to make it fun, make it interesting. Sometimes you can have challenges involved in your courses. You can have uh, other points of accountability, um, whether that's through a Facebook group or some other group that you might have. There's also an engagements with you if you have like Q&A, things that you can support them with as they're going about uh, each stage of the course. And I, for me, I just, I like to go back to back to school. Like even when I taught school, I could not have some sort of a lesson or go even a few days without some activity that the students got into. And so that's actually one of my favorite parts is, is helping to develop any activities if necessary that will help the, you know, the learner take what they're learning and actually get into it, right? Learning doesn't come just by the knowledge, we actually have to put it into action. And so uh, activities, like that's the best way, just get them in action. Like that's how you keep them engaged and motivated and to celebrate those wins with them. And I think that's where the community support can come in as well. So you can be creative with that, but there are a lot of ways to keep them engaged. And again, put yourself in your student's shoes, right? If they didn't know who you were and they, 
they've got a desire, they're trying to get to the other side of whatever their challenge or problem is, like you want to help them across. You want to have so that there's no excuses, right? Give them no, no opt-out uh, opportunities at all. Give them everything that they need and support them along the way. I love that you brought up activities because I definitely try to think about, okay, we're all just still kids on that want to just get to recess. Yeah. <laughs> And so I love a good yeah. worksheet, right? I love a good worksheet. I love a good download. I love a good creative process added to it. I assign people who aren't doing their work. Um, the, the like punishment they have to do yes. is yes. go to a library or a bookstore and look, I mean, COVID times makes this a little harder, but I, I can, they can do it online. It's not the same, but they go to a bookstore and they have to look at where their book would be if they stopped procrastinating and got their ass together. And that is like the worst punishment for people ever, but it gets, you know, those kind of things, those activities, instead of being like, Hey, what can I do to like schedule on your calendar? I'm like, no, get your ass out there, go find where it is in a bookstore where it should be. So I like the rewards and punishments. Um, In my write your freaking book already program, we have a worst sentence competition. So everybody anonymously submits the worst sentence they wrote in their book (laughs) when they were doing their draft. And then they get a big prize. Um, You know, it's like almost a grand worth of stuff they get if they had the worst sentence. And so it's really fun to just think. I actually, as a course creator, have fun thinking of incentives that I can give people to get them engaged. And it's it's a lot of fun. It is. Because you get bored as the creator, right? (laughs) You got bored as the teacher. Yeah, (laughs) just like school. Yeah, how do you make it fun, right? Go back to remembering uh, who your favorite teachers were and what you admired about them and being in their presence and being in their class um, and find ways to bring that in. And there's rewards, games, there's all, all types of things that I would do with my kids just to get them excited because the subject matter was math and these are teenagers. So, right. you know, it's, <laughs> you have to get them involved. Um, and and we're, we're no different as adults or whoever your audience is. There's a colleague of mine, he actually also had a punishment system within his course where it was kind of like a strike system of some sort. If you missed your accountability or something like that, you know, certain times in a row, you were asked to leave the program or mm-hmm. you were maybe your, your account was, you know, put on pause for some time. So that way you could refocus and then come back. And nobody wants to do that either. You know, you want to stay involved. And so punishments, rewards, you know, those are also really great ways to keep people engaged. Yeah, I love that. What would you say to somebody who's sitting here thinking, well, I don't really have anything to share. Like I'm not knowledgeable enough about anything to have, to write a book on it, more or less create a course on it. We all have, (laughs) we all got stories and those stories have lessons and there's a lot from our experience and what we know. Uh, I don't, because I I, I know what that feels like as well to not really feel like you have uh, maybe the knowledge or what have you to, to put yourself out there and to share. But the reality is teaching is the highest form of learning. So if you are someone who loves a subject matter, you're already learning it. Teaching just elevates your understanding of it. When I taught, I I told my students, because they were asked, how can we get ready for this test? What's the best way to do this? And I said, well, take what what you've learned, go home and teach it to your younger brother or sister, teach it to your mom, teach it to your dad. Because when you're able to articulate what you know, it, t- it you know takes on a certain form of, uh, of understanding that you need. And so if you find that you're not, you know, you, you, you feel like maybe there's a knowledge gap, you can fill that knowledge gap, right? Just make a plan. What do you need to learn? 
What do you need to have in place, right? What uh, resources do you need to check into to fill that gap? And again, when you get up on to, onto your course or in your book, you're, you're really just expressing what you've learned, right? So I think sometimes we can just not make such a big deal out of it, even though it isn't a little bit nerve wracking, but that perspective has been really powerful for me because nothing is new, right? Everything is, it's been in existence. We're just bringing these ideas forth. So just share what you know, and you can do that. And it can come from your personality, your style, your experience. And that's what makes it unique. I love that you brought up that nothing is new because I think people are like, well, I don't have anything that hasn't been said before. And I'm like, that's true. There are only store certain amount of stories that have been told. There are only certain amount of things that can be learned currently, but we, but there's nobody who has your perspective on it. There's nobody who has your particular experience. There's a lot of people who've gone to law school. Not everybody had the law school experience I had. Perfect example. There's a lot of people who's had family members with cancer. Not everybody had the family member with cancer experience I had. There are lots of people out there who teach people how to turn courses into books and yes. books into courses, but not as many people as that have the experience that you have. So right. I love, I love that. And I love what you said. We all have stories and those stories have lessons. I love yeah. that. <laughs> beautiful. So beautiful. Okay. So I want to ask you our last three questions that I ask everybody on this podcast. And the first is what is a book that has changed your life? And it can be one of many, you don't have to pick the ultimate one, but what's a book that you've read that changed your life? It was The Millionaire Master Plan by Roger mm. Hamilton. I've never heard of it. Tell me more. What is The Millionaire Master Plan? Oh my Plan? gosh. So good. So uh, essentially this guy, Roger Hamilton, he's, he lives in Bali and he developed this, this system called Wealth Dynamics. And it's based off of the I Ching, it's based off of another ancient text that's 5,000 years old or something, uh, but it's all nature-based. And it essentially... Uh, presents the idea that in nature, we all have, of course, strengths and weaknesses. And as entrepreneurs, depending on where you fall in, in the nature spectrum of these archetypes, that determines a path for you, for your how you can attain wealth and, and sort of go up this lighthouse as an entrepreneur. And everything uh, in the system is really based around this lighthouse. The lighthouse is uh, the colors, this color spectrum that goes from red all the way up to indigo. And if you are, just to quickly explain it, if, if you're in infrared, you're underground and you're as an entrepreneur uh, in a place where you're always losing money, right? Every month you don't have enough and you're just kind of losing. But you go up this, this ladder, so to speak, this, this wealth house, and it goes from that end all the way up to indigo. Indigo is like, you no longer physically are here on the planet, but your wealth is still existent and it's still creating mm. even generational wealth after you're gone. And so there's that wide spectrum and no matter where you are, it gives you a, a path and a system to follow, again, that is unique to your archetype. So I first took this test that came with the book and came to understand and it confirmed that I was a creator, which duh, yes, but- Not shocking. <laughs> yeah, but what it broke down for me was my strengths and my weaknesses. And it gave me a way to see my weaknesses and how to fill them. And so immediately after taking that test and reading the book, I let go of this negative energy that was there about my weaknesses, if that makes sense. It was like, oh, that makes sense. Because as a creator, I'm really great with starting new things, getting new ideas started, sort of the spring energy. But what I am lacking in is timing. <laughs> so when it comes to keeping those ideas going, 
and to keep them consistent or even to do them at the right time is not my strength. So I have to have people around me. And so once I've understood that system, I know exactly who to have around me and we all balance each other out perfectly so that way I can go forward in my business. Before I was partnering with other creators, right? I was partnering with other people that, you know, were too strong in the spring energy and we would do the, you know, uh, that, that sort of got a great idea, but no infrastructure and power behind us to keep it going. So I learned a lot through that. And this book has really transformed how I see entrepreneurship. It's transformed how I see myself. And, uh, and through the system, I've been able to start this business that we're talking about right now, uh, having been connected with it for almost two years now. Okay. I love so much of what you just said. One, <laughs> I love how much you got so much excitement and so much passion, and you just became a teacher of what you learned from a book. And I yeah. think that just reiterated so many things we said. One, when you teach something, you learn it yourself. So you're telling us this, and I can see in your brain that you're connecting the dots. Two, um, we circled back to that. There are no new ideas. This is, you said it's based on a 5,000 year old yes. book. There yes. are no new ideas. Three, I love that idea as an entrepreneur. I'm a huge fan of the entrepreneur world. I love this idea of running thriving businesses where people, where we are resourced and the people around us are resourced and we're able to create generational resources. I love that. And four, I love that you're creating a world around you. I mean, think about it this way. There needs to be on a movie set. There needs to be a director, producer, actors. Like you can't do, I mean, you can do some of those, but you can't do all of them. Right. So I love that you learned from this book that, and then you put it into place, not only in your business, but also on your crew and in your life. And that's, I just, so much of that. And, but most importantly, I love how excited you were about that book and how it changed your life. And I can tell it absolutely did. And that makes me, that makes my little heart happy that a book did all of that for you. Oh, thank you. I highly recommend it. It's, it's huge. And the, the first place, if you're interested in it, is just to take the test and get the results back of that test to just figure out what archetype you are in this spectrum and just see where that takes you. It completely changed a lot for me. It has hadn't been struggled as an entrepreneur trying to figure it out and, you know, all that stuff and just struggling to now feel confident what I'm doing, to be excited about what I'm good at and to go forward in it with a plan and with the right supports around me to do it uh, mm -hmm. and to know that it's aligned with my purpose. It's about being in your flow at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So my second to last question is, what is a book that you would love to read, but you don't want to have to write it? Okay. So I, I would like to, <laughs> to think about it. I, it would be cool. I, I don't know if you've seen those movies on Netflix about the, those that are in Orthodox Judaism and, mm -hmm. and they sort of transition into a new life outside of it. I would really love to check out a book about that in the realm of Christianity from an African-American perspective. Yeah. Ooh, that would be a good book. Someone now out I there, feel like I should write it, <laughs> right? Someone out there, write it. Maybe you, Prashel. Hey, there you go. Hey, uh, call me. We'll chat. Yes, <laughs> I love that. I think that that would be a really powerful book for sure. For sure, I know a lot of friends that would find power in that for sure. Yeah, it's yeah, that's that's a that's a deep one for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then last but not least, if people want to connect with you, if they want to work with you, if they want to learn more about how to turn a book into a course, how can they connect with you? Yeah, go to teachfirstclass.com. That's our website. And I'm actually putting on a masterclass. It is a paid masterclass, but I'm happy to share with the audience a free ticket coupon code that they can oh, jump thanks. into it. So 
yeah, we're going to dive deep into looking at more of my process of how we actually go through this and helping, you know, again, authors to take their book and convert it into a course. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you for that. We'll put the link to that and the code. We'll get the code from you. We'll put the link to that to the code. Yes. That's amazing. Thank you for that offer. Yeah. And I am just so excited for people to be able to connect more with you because I think that this is such a great service for people who want to build a career as a writer and they want to build a world around their books and they want to build an audience and they want to have a larger legacy than just one single book can do. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. I am just so grateful for all that you shared. Thank you for having me, Lauren. This is awesome. Now I got to think about writing a book. There we go. Right? Now you got <laughs> to write that book. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you to that. <laughs> Love thank it. you again for coming on and have a great day. week's book recommendation on the School for Writers podcast is Patricia Cornwell, like literally all of her. I had never read a Patricia Cornwell. I know that's weird because she's a number one New York Times bestseller, has so many books, but I recently was traveling and I was diagnosed with COVID. I got really sick and I checked myself into a hotel room to isolate myself and got tested and had COVID, which meant that I couldn't leave this hotel room for over a week. And I called up the hotel manager and I explained the situation and it was an expensive Hilton. It was the only place that was available at the time when I was sick, I just booked it um, and I booked in it and I was like, I, I can't afford this. I can't afford this for 10 days. I thought I was gonna have to be there for two weeks. So I talked to the manager and he was such a lovely human. Just one of those people that makes you believe in humanity again. And not only did he give me a significant discount on my room, he also offered to walk down to the local used bookstore and get me some books to read to entertain myself. So he asked me a little bit about what I like and who I am. And I'm like, dude, you have no idea. He, when he was like, do you like books? And I was like, please, do you know who I am? You don't know who I am. I like books. Let's just say I like books. I love books. So he walked down, he asked me questions and he walked out and he came back with Patricia Cornwell and he told me he got these for me because they were strong, independent women who wrote serious books and uh, in genre, which were all things I liked. And I thought that was so sweet. And I was kind of like, mm, I don't know, like murder, like murder mystery. That seems weird. No, I devoured them immediately. Patricia Cornwell kept me company while I was stuck inside a hotel room, unable to leave for a week. And so for that, she is my book recommendation for this week and probably for the rest of my life. So but the particular book that I really enjoyed was part of the K. Scarpata series that Patricia Cornwell writes, and that is All That Remains. And this is book, I think, three or four in the series, and it was so well written. You know, oftentimes the reason genre books get a bad rep, romance, fantasy, mystery, um, and thriller, is these series books is because you know, you think about like the debut novels, great, and then the follow-ups, eh, and then follow-ups, eh, and it kind of, there's this idea that they get worse and worse as they start being rapidly put out. And if this is the fourth book in a series, this was a book that was probably rapidly put out. Patricia Cornwell is an amazing author. This is a really well-written book. And I love a good series. I love where you can really follow an arc over the whole series, and also enjoy that one book on its own. So I enjoyed this book, Patricia Cornwell's All That Remains, and then I went and I bought all of the, well, not all, I bought like the first four K. Scarpata series novels so I can read up to this, and I'm probably going to keep buying them. They are just really well-written murder mysteries. One caveat, though, 
Y'all, reading about people being murdered while you're home alone and stuck somewhere, like when you're stuck in a hotel, that feels safe. But when I got home and started reading more of them, I got real nervous walking around alone at night. So just warning you all, read them during the day, not at night. They get a little scary. But other than that, there's really nothing more I can say about Patricia Cornwell other than you should read her if you haven't yet. If you're not a big fan of hers yet, I understand why she has a huge following. I understand why she's a New York Times bestseller. And I look forward to the day that I can have her on the podcast because these books were amazing and they kept me company during a really hard time. So I highly suggest going out and getting yourself, I would say just get this one, but also maybe get the first three or four of the Case Garpata series from Patricia Cornwell. And that is this week's book recommendation. You can grab yourself a copy of those books using the bookshop.org link in our bio. Bookshop.org allows you to support local independent bookstores and it's an affiliate link. So you support the School for Writers podcast. Or if you're a huge fan of audiobooks like me, you can use the Libro.fm link that we have below. Libro.fm is an amazing alternative to that big name audiobook company that we all know about. And they support, you get to choose a local independent bookstore to support. And if you use the link below, you get a free audiobook and we get a free audiobook. So it's a win-win for everybody. Please support local independent bookstores when you get your books and go and grab yourself a bunch of these Patricia Cornwell novels. I loved them so much. Have a great day and happy reading. You just finished another episode of the School for Writers podcast. Woohoo! Go you! Did you know that we're more than just a podcast? School for Writers is a full-service support team helping you to get your story out into the world. Here are three ways you can get even more writerly inspiration and education. Number one, subscribe. It's so easy. All you got to do is click that little subscribe button down below wherever you listen or watch the School for Writers podcast. That not only guarantees that you don't miss another episode, but it also helps support our continuation of this show. Number two, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest at School for Writers. Every day we post helpful tips and tools like journaling prompts, reading recommendations, and live interviews with inspiring experts. Number three, visit schoolforwriters.com where you can check out past episodes, join a writing program, and get even more tips, tools, and inspiration to support your writing life. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our Write More Challenge, a 10-day program to help you jumpstart your writing routine. Thanks again for supporting School for Writers. We'll see you next episode. School for Writers is produced by me, Lauren Marie Fleming, with editing and support from Samantha Olivares. All rights reserved by Las Maestras LLC. Our music is De Lejos by Ilabamba. Check them out on Spotify. Big thanks to the team at Terrorbird and big thanks to Kristen Hozak. And of course, a massive thank you to you, the listener. Now put down this podcast already and go write. I'll see you in the next episode.